Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. With me, Emma Sexton, plus Natalie Campbell. But this week, no Harriet Minter, as she has taken a well-deserved week off. But we were joined instead by the amazing Anna Williamson. This week, we couldn't avoid the New Year health kicks. So we had Casey Batchelor on talking about training to be a yoga teacher and how to create lasting healthy changes. None of those quick fixes. Plus, we met Laurie McAllister, who is 27 and has been sober for over two years. We really dug deep about booze, not drinking on a date, and how to deal with those mates who think you're just not fun if you're not drinking. We had a great conversation with Beverly Turner, the TV and radio presenter, about speech radio and why we are not hearing more women's voices. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Casey Batchelor, welcome. Thank you. Lovely to Thanks have you in. Oh, it's good to have you here. You've been a busy girl over the last oh, week or I've so. Been busy, yeah, not stopped. Well, I mean, for anyone that hasn't seen uh, Casey's Instagram feed, just go and have a look at it because this is <laughs> this is the most incredible transformation ever. Now, I know Casey, um, and I know for a fact how hard she has worked on this. Yeah, I've worked okay. very hard. You really have, and I yeah. know we're gonna we're gonna try and um, we're gonna we. If you're okay, cool with this, I know you will be. We want to sort of unpick. Okay. A lot of the myths, okay. okay, and a lot of the stardust and some of the the nonsense around yep. celebrity diets and fitness plans and that kind of thing. Yep. Because it's had some bad rap over Absolutely. the last few years. Yeah. yeah. But I know that you have genuinely worked hard. Okay, I know you have. Um, but of course, so I mean, those that don't know, you have lost an incredible four stone yep. in the last eight months. Yeah. Um, and you've just brought out Yoga Blitz. I have indeed. Um, which is amazing. Um, Blitz your body with yoga in just ninety days. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so this is because as well. So you have baby Flo. I do. My is, little baby Flo. She's amazing. Yeah. She's very, very good. Thank you. Um, and you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick it out there. I mean, I think we're all very very pro body. You know, anyone can do what they, the, they heck they like with their body. But to your own admission, um, and I'm gonna borrow my 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 fellow podcast friend Louisa Zisman this week. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the podcast, but she's also a friend of Casey's, and she went, "I'm not gonna lie. She was like, Casey ate way too much." she was I did but I did I really really I told her it was going to catch up with her but if you you look at the before pictures of uh, of of before you started yoga so once you'd had Florence yeah 
People thought um, I was still pregnant. I mean, you, you, I mean, I think you look lovely, um, but you were four stone heavier than you are now. Yeah, and I'm only five foot two, so it was uh, it was pretty. So I was, so I went up to like thirteen stone eight, but that was when I was pregnant. And then after I had Florence, you know, and lost all the water, and I was like twelve stone, and for five foot two, it was kind of pretty big. Um, and I didn't you know what I didn't really I didn't really take much notice of it because because I was pregnant. Obviously, when you I got bigger as I was pregnant, so I ate so many donuts it was ridiculous. Did you do the classic eating for two? And well, I did get away because with it? because you know what it is. We're always on a diet. We're constantly on a diet. So when I was pregnant, I used it as a perfect opportunity to eat and not feel guilty. And I ate and I ate and I enjoyed every single moment of it. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> but after I had the baby. I just, I didn't realise how big I was because I was so used to looking big because I was pregnant. I didn't really, you know, I didn't realise. And then it was coming to a point I was like, okay, I look, I'm not getting any smaller. I This is actually fat. This is not pregnancy. I had actually put on a lot of weight. Um, I was out of breath a lot. And I've always been quite healthy and quite fit, you know, into fitness. I went stage school. So, you know, I was always like a- active. But I just going upstairs to put Flo to a car, I was out of breath. And just before I had Florence, well, actually, about about six months to a year before, I qualified as a yoga teacher. So I'd done all my yoga training. Oh, before you had Florence? Yeah, before I had Florence. Right, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, so I'd done yoga for many years. Um, and about two years before Florence, I was like, I really got into it quite heavily. Um, so I decided to deepen my practice. And, and I did 200 hours vinyasa. So I qualified as a yoga teacher because I wanted to do something with it. But then obviously, then I fell pregnant, so I couldn't do anything with it. So then after I had Florence, I was like, okay, now I'm gonna use this to my advantage because I'm a qualified yoga teacher. So I started doing gentle yoga at home, realizing that wasn't really getting the weight off. So then I just kind of incorporated it into, you know, with some like high intensity exercises and I was losing weight. And I'd always posted yoga on my page anyway, previously. Mm-hmm. And I was posting these videos up and everyone was like, oh my God, I really like this. Can you post some more? Can you post some more? So I posted more and more. And everyone was asking me to do a YouTube channel or can you set up a page or can you do this? I thought, do you know what? Everyone's asking for it. So why not? Mm-hmm. So then I just, I just created this whole yoga blitz program of yoga and high intensity, incorporated it together and... And voila, here we are. And there you are looking four stone lighter. <laughs> and, but you just but you look healthier. Yeah. I mean obviously it's nutrition as well, you know, exercise mm-hmm. and nutrition definitely comes as a Because I've heard that. Mm. I've heard that basically abs are abs are made in the kitchen and yeah. it's something like seventy percent diet, thirty percent exercise. Yeah, I mean incorporate the two is the best thing for you. But diet is obviously a massive thing with losing weight as well as exercise. Um, but when you combine the two together, you get the results, you know. Obviously, as well, cut out the alcohol. No good for you. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, Do you know what? That's quite hard, though. With I mean, I don't know if you... Did you drink much before? I mean, yeah, I loved an event. Yeah. You get free drinks. I'm not going to love it. But, you know, I mean, once you've had a baby, I mean, this... But now it, I'm like, hell sounds... no. Especially she's teething at the moment, so I'm up all night. Yeah, you just it's can't horrendous. have that headache. But a lot, of, a lot of people, and I was one of those after I had Enzo, I really I really looked forward to that glass of wine at six o'clock. It was kind of like signaled the end of my... I know, but then do you not think the, like, four or five o'clock wake-ups with that thick head, oh, like, awful. was that glass of wine worth it? Awful. No. But you get into that sluggish 
sort of pattern and I guess as well for you being a new mum because Flo is only eight months now yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm imagining that takes a heck of a lot of discipline to try and fit in this this exercise and the nutrition mm. into your day to day and not just do what I would say I'm generalizing here but a lot of new mums I'm one of them that do you know you grab the bickies yeah grab the tea because it's all you sort of have time for yeah it did but it, it was and but I think where I was seeing the results that that motivated me. And where I was put in my weight loss journey, I was really open with it. I showed, you know, what my body looked like. And I, sh- I, I like um, displayed the journey on Instagram with my posts. And I think that gave me motivation as well because people was like, oh, wow, you're like really helping me. So that kind of spurred me on to, you know, stay on track really. Um, but the routines, are, they're five, they're short minute, five short minute routines that obviously I, you know, put them together. Mm-hmm. But so you can do them at home. They're easy enough to do at home for, for mums and not just for mums, for anyone really. So yeah, they're not like an hour's workout, you know, that you've got to do. They're just short five minute routines so anyone can do them. What's the line between thinking about um, becoming more healthy and losing weight and then having an obsession about having the perfect body? Because I think, you know, not everyone knows what that line is. Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess there can be that line, really. But um, I just think being fit and healthy and feeling good within yourself, that's great. But then when you come to the obsession where I guess you're, I I don't really know, I guess. I guess when you look in the mirror and think enough isn't enough and you want more and more, I guess that's when the obsession comes. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy where I am. I don't want to go anymore. I'm healthy. I feel fair. And don't get me wrong, now I'm here, I'm having my cheat nights. I'm having that takeaway. I'm having a biscuit. I'm having the chocolate cake because... I'm at that weight now where I'm happy. I don't have to worry about losing anymore. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's when the line comes, when you constantly, constantly keep going and going and going. How much pressure did you get from the media? Because I know celebs get scrutinised so mm. much, don't they? And, you know, especially, um, we know, new mums are pregnant and it's all about, oh, well, they snap back into shape. Yeah. Did you feel a lot of pressure from the media or did you feel like it was in your control and you did it in your pace? Do you know what? Not so much pressure from the media, more from trolls. Really? Okay. It, well, do you know what? I... What kind of things were were being said? Well, uh, when I was pre- well, well, after I'd had the baby, I got I got called a wow still, and I should be harpooned. That was a great wow. one. Oh. Um, but it's mainly from the comments. But do you know what? The press were the press are quite, quite you know quite okay actually because I was actually being so upfront with mm-hmm. it and showed my postpartum body and was on you know, Instagram. They couldn't really say anything because I was putting it out there. It wasn't like they was catching me. I was putting it out there for everyone to see, and it was more like you know she's showing her journey, and then I got great support from it I think when people hide away and then come out here I am Mm. when you know they've not shown the realness of their journey that's when I think people get scrutinized more it's just it's about that authenticity isn't it Mm. and I mean keeping it real well I I know you well enough to know how authentic it is but I think as you say oh I mean there's no right way or wrong way and I think also a lot of people get scrutinized because they want to get back in shape straight after having a baby and again if that is their choice and that yeah. is also fine um, some people aren't that bothered about it and they're quite happy to just not bother but again it's, but it's where I would challenge you Anna is maybe there is a wrong way actually especially with celeb sort of fad diets a wrong way is if you're convincing lots of potentially younger girls by putting on weight to then go through a process of extreme dieting and losing weight in a way that's not sustainable or healthy, that is a wrong way. And I also think there's a fine line between knowing what authentic weight loss and you going on a journey that was authentic to you. You are you were a, you are a yoga 
cocktail structure it was something that you did anyway yeah this isn't you saying right i'm gonna binge myself on on what i was gorge and, uh, and, yeah, and on, deliberately put on weight exactly to then sort of snare yourself at a deal in inverted commas exactly yeah and then and we then see tell lots of this... people that you're going you know that you you've lost weight in a certain way which probably you haven't to then yeah sell lots of dvds and that it's not that someone's lifestyle it's not a, yeah. a choice that they've made they've just done it ultimately for the money that for me is is the wrong way yeah yeah I agree and I think where I've done it over so many months and I've showed the journey and it's not Mm. just gone here I am people have seen the journey so they've seen it's been done healthily it's Mm. done in a natural way and it's been done over a period of time eight months not a sort of a a three month or like oh this is a 12 week transformation yeah 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 it's it's, it's been over you know a period (laughs) so people have seen that and I've I've showed the whole the whole journey Mm. there do you feel any sort of level of responsibility sort of on the back of of what Nat said there Um, because we have seen you know last year there was uh, some celebrities that that were Mm. outed for going down this whole weight loss celebrity DVD uh, thing the unethical roots and exactly as you say it's preying on people and it's not real it's not genuine Mm. what they're doing did you find that that's hindered you in any way with regards to credibility for bringing this out? Um, I guess not, actually, because I'm qualified. It's my passion. It's mm. not a quick fix for me. I've done yoga for many years. I'm qualified way before all of this. Um, so, no, because, because like I say, it's, it's a passion for me and it's not just something that I'm going to quickly do. This is something that's going to be ongoing. I've already done new plans. I've already filmed new exercises because it's, it's a passion. Mm. It's not just something I've gone, oh, let's do that quick for fix. some money. Yeah, mm. it's not a quick fix. It's, it's my passion and it's what I'm qualified in and what I'll be doing for a long time. And your, your method, you're saying you're combining the vinyasa yoga because there's lots of different types of yoga, yes. aren't there? And immediately yes. when you hear yoga, I don't know about you ladies, but I think of like the sort of the zen, you know, you're just holding these posits. But vinyasa, vinyasa is, is, the, is the bad boy. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I, I am a, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm a, it's I intense. have no idea. Listen, but you're yeah. mixing it with hit. So is, is that you? Your, has that been done before or is that kind of it's your just thing that, that you've I've made? just yeah. done? Yeah, I've just combined it together. Because don't get me wrong, you can get easy vinyasa, you can get even with power yoga. There's so many different mm. types of yoga, like yin yoga, I absolutely love, but you're not going to lose weight with yin yoga. It's more about flexibility and holding restorative poses and more about, you know, calming the body, really. Vinyasa, if you do a full on vinyasa class, you're going to get a sweat on. Mm. Um, but this is more like, so for instance, like I'll do the beginning of a vinyasa flow, going down into downward dog. In downward dog, now we'll do jump jacks. So jump jacks. So you've you've got you've got the weight on the arms. So with the shoulder, and then you're doing the jumping jack. So you're building the heart rate up to get you know to build the fat burn really. So yeah, I've just combined it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like there's 12 weeks. They progressively get harder because obviously people that are doing it are not going to have done yoga before. Um, so I say it's not like a full on yoga class. Although I do want to add on full vinyasa flows on there as well. But obviously. I've just launched it with, you know, how I've lost my weight, basically. Mm. But I also have on there a yoga bliss side and I've done guided meditations and there's sound clips and there's going to be body blogs on there for confidence. And then, so there's all different sides to it. And I'm just going to just keep adding and adding and stuff and, you know, hopefully help a lot of people and not just with the weight loss side, but with that mental health side with, mm. the, with the yoga bliss as well. So it's like got something on there for everyone, really. This has really changed everything, I, I, it seems for you, because sort of before 
before you had flow um i mean obviously you, you say you, you qualified in the yoga which we know now but i guess people really didn't know no, that you were yeah. known for being off the telly yeah uh, you were known for sort of you know just being well which you still are incredibly glamorous oh, stop it <laughs> no. I know. not tonight with baby sick on me <laughs> but this seems to be um yeah this seems to kind of be a new path yeah. that you're following yeah i kind of obviously I don't know. I, obviously, I went to stage school, so I've always loved that kind of thing. But no one's, no one doesn't really know that about me, I guess. Yeah, and no one knew that I was a qualified yoga teacher. So it's quite nice that people get to see that side of me that they probably didn't really know, I guess. So, yeah, it's nice. I like, I like. We're talking tonight. I mean, we, I wanted to ask your opinion on the bras. Because, mm. I mean, yeah. uh, Natalie and I are sitting here bra-less. <laughs> oh, okay. Free. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you're, should should women wear a bra? We were talking about this earlier on. Should women in the workplace wear a bra if they, if they go out? What do you think of that? Do you have any opinions on that? From a lady that, you know, I mean, you've been, you were on Loose Women the other week in your bra and yes, your pants. Yes. Looking incredible. Oh, thanks very much. But, yeah, what, what do you think? Well, I mean... Well, talking about boobs, I mean, I don't know if you know, but I was a nat- I was a double G naturally. Whoa. Yeah. So I was a double D when I was 12. And then I went Whoa. up to a double G. I had a breast reduction and then they grew back. And now where I've lost the weight, this is, I'm a double D now. This is the smallest I've ever been. So I'm tiny now. But I mean, for me, I have to wear a bra because otherwise they're just like swinging all <laughs> over the place. I mean, for people that may have implants, they sit there quite nicely, but not for me. So, I mean, it's. Maybe not bra, like a crop top. They're much more comfortable mm, yeah. without the wire. Crop tops. Yeah. Oh, idea, I do like actually. a sports crop top. Yeah. yeah. But do you think it? I mean, I'm just interested in your on your opinion because you know you're a lady that looks good. You like to go out. Is it is it the whole boob thing? Um, why why this has become such a debate? Do you think it's because boobs are just so sexualized? Well, I think smaller boobs are much better now, aren't they? More in fashion. Mm. No one wants the big yeah, boobs anymore. True. They it's want true. the no boobs. Clothes fit so much better. I, I personally yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I'm gonna say they. I the feel fact- I feel great with small boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I celebrate small boobs. <laughs> oh well, you well you look amazing. Thank you so much for coming in Thanks as well. For so me. Uh, Casey Bachelor's Yoga Blitz, yeah, ninety day challenge. Yeah, so it's on the app. It's on a website app. Yeah, it will be. It's not available on the app store yet. It's going to be any day. We're just waiting for it to pass. Um, but the website's up. But yeah, so it should literally be tomorrow or the next day. It'll be on the app store as well. But yeah, www.yogablitz.com. She's there. And, and what's next then? Are we just going to be seeing where this goes this year? And yeah, We're absolutely. going to have some more things coming out? Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, you know, fingers crossed some more TV stuff maybe. We've Ooh. got some talks, so yeah. Right. Casey, my love, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, lady. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Laurie McAllister from Gin, the blog Gin and Tonic. Now, I've been following Laurie for over a year. You are 27 and you are sober. Yeah, that's right. It's girl and tonic. Girl and tonic. Yeah. Sorry, uh, it was I've be... got it here. Gin and tonic. It's sorry. just because it rolls off the tongue as well. It's because <laughs> you know slip back, G and T. G and T. You know, girl, girl and tonic. Girl and tonic. Sorry. It was yeah, it was tonic. my whole idea. I was a big gin drinker, so girl oh. and tonic sort of was the replacement. Yeah. Uh, 27, two years sober now. Two years sober. Congratulations. Thank okay, you. what does that actually... So I am sober right now. <laughs> no, you're not. You, had you? A, We went out for dinner before the show and you had a glass of wine. You were but not sober. sober. You're sober. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so it, I had my last alcoholic drink on December the 10th, 2017. Not that you're counting. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> actually, I don't count anymore, but I did in the early days. Okay. So what was yeah. the trigger? What was the trigger for that? For not drinking yeah. anymore. 
I had quite a lot of triggers. I used to drink a lot, but not in like a... Like in a going out with my mates, drinking a lot of wine, mm-hmm. drinking quite a lot on a Friday night, um, having a bad day, having a drink. <laughs> so you know the story. And I found that I'm an anxious person. I struggle quite badly with anxiety. And it got to the point where the next day, my anxiety would be through the roof. Mm, yeah. I would be really struggling. And I couldn't deal anymore with that hangover guilt. A lot of, not even guilt, but shame. A lot of not great stuff happened when I was drinking and I didn't really like the person I was when I was drinking. And so one day, well, quite a lot of days, I said, I'm never drinking again. And one day it actually stuck. So Mm. two years on, we're here. So you didn't actually have a a drink problem per se, as in um, alcoholic. I mean, I'm just going to say it just so I'm clear. Um, I wouldn't use the word alcoholic for myself, but a lot of the research now shows that there's a like a spectrum of drinking. So you might go from one to ten. I didn't get to like a nine or a ten, which is what someone would typically say is an alcoholic. You know, your version of an alcoholic who's, you know, sat. I don't want to stereotype people, but sat on a park bench drinking in the morning, lost everything. No, I wasn't at that point. But was I dependent on drinking and drinking alcohol for? To self-medicate. Yeah, I was. Um, I am not in AA. I haven't done that. I got sober on my own through choice. But I was on. I would say I was on that spectrum where a normal drinker would be a one. I was probably a four or a five. I just didn't wait to be an eight to stop. And we have a we have a culture that really does hide excessive drinking because, like you say, your mm. drinking to me doesn't sound like particularly excessive it sounds like the type of drinking anyone in their 20s is used to doing i'm doing now in in my 30s i mean promotion let's let's go and cheers let's toast it i mean i I mean and i'm i'm sitting here now thinking oh gosh because it's like i say i I get through a day (laughs) and uh and my son goes to bed on time and Let's have a cheeky glass because it's a ceremony, isn't mm, it? I think yeah. it's that moment. It's that, it's that, it's that gratification. Yeah. It is that self-medicating, whatever it might be. Mm. And I think this is fascinating that you had the, the self-awareness, mm. actually, to be able to say, I'm on a four or a five. I don't want to get any higher than that. And honestly, honestly, could I say that I have done that? No, I haven't. Was it linked to the anxiety, though? Because I, I think that's the bit where I'm... I, so I can definitely um, agree with what you're saying around the sort of the next day guilt. Even on a couple of glasses, I just, I just talk a lot more. Uh, and so my thing in the morning is like, God, I was just talking a lot last night, wasn't I? That's my kind of pang. But I don't then have anxiety with it. So were you actually looking at a more holistic, I need a, a lifestyle change and alcohol is one of my triggers? I think in a way, yes. But also I think the anxiety was just the thing that made me think, oh, this isn't very good for me. So mm. I quit quite like, I, I was going to say it was selfish, but I quit drinking because I didn't like it the person it was making me I didn't really do it for my health I did it for couldn't really deal with the shame of the next day anymore didn't like who I was becoming but actually since I've quit and got a bit more engaged in sobriety I've actually learned how negative alcohol can be for your health Mm. whereas I didn't know that alcohol's bad for your health but nobody told me like you guys were saying it's the cheers no no they tell you in school they tell you in school alcohol's Mm. bad do they I didn't get told in school we got told no drugs Drugs are bad. Alcohol don't do it till you're 18. And actually, I think in years to come, there'll be a lot 
more awareness about the negative effects of alcohol. I'm going to defend alcohol here because <laughs> you like it. No, but I, you know, it's about quality. So uh, I and we've discussed this before. There's a snobbery, I think, potentially with what's good alcohol and bad alcohol. So I do not drink bad wine and I don't want to name any brands but there are so, it's, it's just not even wine Babes, we don't I'm even know you. what it it's is it's like vinegar it's yeah. just a toxin so if you're downing that and downing it excessively to me there's a problem because you're not even drinking good wine but a good a good glass of wine with a glass of pasta <laughs> <laughs> That it's is an event. It's, it's, it's exactly alcohol, it's not it's still alcohol. bad. And and so now you can get sulfite free alcohol, you can get organic. <laughs> we're already doing a bit of an eye roll, are we? Just justifying <laughs> the, the food. You know, you can taste whether or not it's it was it was uh, the grapes are from the mountain or it's by the sea. I mean, there, there's there's more to it than just downing um alcoholic substance i think you're right and i think there has been a great marketing job around alcohol whether it's posh alcohol or <laughs> drinking a bottle of cider in a cat in a bag on the street but mm. the harmful effects of alcohol are in all alcohol whether it's organic whether it's uh, oh, 20p tinny from tesco um it still and I'm not someone that says you shouldn't drink. I just want people to know that not drinking is an option and to be as aware of the harmful effects of alcohol as we are of smoking. I don't tell people not to smoke, but they know about the dangers of smoking. And there's some stats now, like a lot of research comes out and quite often it gets quashed by the media because media is funded by advertising as a whole and advertising mm. alcohol is big business. So it's something like, Right, I've, I'm reading this stat because I had to look it up. But liver disease is set to overtake heart disease as the biggest cause of death by 2020. Mm -hmm. There was a study done by Public Health England that says alcohol is the leading cause of death amongst people aged between uh, 15 and 49. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff about alcohol. In 20 years time, alcohol will be like smoking. People will still do it, but they'll be aware of the risks. And like I'm saying, I didn't quit for any of these reasons, but now I know about it. And it's something like, I think one in five people drinks at the really risky levels, but they've since recently found even one drink actually can be damaging for your health. Um, and I was like a yoga, I'm a yoga teacher. So I was like a yoga doing, green juice drinking, spin class going, super into my health always eating organic food and then drinking like a posh expensive bottle of uh, sorry brand name <laughs> bottle of expensive champagne oh you do have a good taste yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drinking an expensive bottle of champagne thinking that that was was fine for my health because the magazine say a glass of wine here is all right you know a couple of glasses here is okay but actually to drink within the recommended units which will keep decreasing as they actually look at the effects it's pretty tricky. But it's not just the health benefits though, is it? Because I think as a society, as a culture, everything evolves around drinking. You And I, for me, I find it the most bizarre thing that on a Friday night, you will all congregate at a location that will feed you a, a substance that will then make you basically behave differently, walk differently, act differently, maybe even make you unconscious. To me, that is the weirdest thing ever, but it's normal. And I don't know, I, can you tell us a bit about how you've got through that journey of being sober and being strong enough to go down 
the pub with your mates and you say you're not drinking and then all of them go oh well oh and just giving you this backlash which I still get and it does my head who gives it to you my friends because they (laughs) oh yeah yeah. (laughs) but I mean less now I mean you know I know Nat likes to drink and we'll go out and she'll drink and there isn't but I have got friends who don't like it if I'm not drinking and there is this whole guilt trip and it's much more about them feeling a bit unhappy that they need a drink and they probably shouldn't be drinking because they're going to do stuff the next day but but in the early days I tried to quit drinking because of the psychological effects it made me depressed it made me really really low I just started my business the next day I was tired it just made everything awful um, and I'm just much happier not not drinking. Like it really adds nothing to my life. But it's a hard journey, and it's hard at 27. So yeah, how I, have you done that? I think also a really difficult thing is when you stop drinking, you reflect on other people. So other people want to defend their choice, and I get that quite a lot. And I always say to people, look, I don't care what you do, but this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I found it really hard to begin with, and. To begin with, it was the reason that I used to start drinking again. So I'd quit and I'd maybe quit for a month or two and then I'd go out or I'd go on a date and they'd be like, well, why aren't you drinking? How boring? Are you boring? Dates are the worst. Dates are <laughs> awful. You cannot tell people. Like, I'll go on a date and I will drink because I know. Will you? Yes, because I've been, you know, connected with people before or whatever. I've been on a date, told them I don't drink and there's a judgment. They don't know you. So they're immediately assuming that you're not fun or interesting because you're not drinking. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. It's this judgment, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Because I was just thinking about the peer pressure versus the judgment. And I I was saying to the girls before, my brother doesn't, my youngest brother doesn't drink. And when he goes out on dates, I say to him, well, and he he says as a guy, as a single guy, you know, in his early 30s, it's so difficult going out because he finds pubs boring. He finds people that are drunk really boring. Mm -hmm. He says they just drivel on in, in just the most pointless, Pointless conversations. <laughs> I mean, he hates being around me. Ah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lovey drunk. But I say to him in a dating scenario, and he's so sick and tired of, of trotting out the, the mm. story as to why he doesn't yeah. drink. Um, and actually, his is a, a physical reason. He has a well, boy with it, but he has something to do with his kidneys. So he doesn't. But straight away, you go in, and there is that judgment mm. in that yeah. one moment you say, I'm going to have a lemonade tonight. And, and he finds that. And you make it... I was about to say, can I date him? I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. This is a whole new site. Actually, we going to present yeah. celebs on Go yeah, Dating. Exactly. So this is the She's past. a relationship yeah, expert. Do you know what? This is not even a joke. Yes, you can date my brother. He's really nice. Okay, I'm going to get your number. We'll sort it out. <laughs> is that unprofessional girls? No, probably. Not, I, probably. Love probably. I love she it. She asked first, yeah. so it's fine. No, dating is really hard. And actually, I would say to anyone that's dating, move to Norfolk because you have to drive everywhere, right? So <laughs> nobody expects you to drink a lot and I do think the dating thing that's really difficult is if you live in a big city because outside of a big city I found you drive everywhere Mm. no one expects you to have more than one drink even if you were drinking so it's much easier to say actually I'm not drinking there's no cabs or anything there's no cabs yeah Mm. it costs like to get to my house where I live now it costs 50 quid to get a cab home from town I'm not doing that (laughs) Um, where do you live I live like on the like in the middle of nowhere in just outside of Norwich. I thought you were about to say in the middle of nowhere, near nowhere. Say, well, this is a really interesting place. You might have to be place. a bit near a heart for you. Oh yeah. She's got a car, it's fine. It's fine, yeah. exactly. So yeah, no, I found that the dating situation really difficult and to go back to your question about going out and dealing with it, in the early days I found it really hard. I found rehearsing, this sounds a bit stupid, but rehearsing in my head, going to a pub and not drinking. Like, you know, athletes use 
visualization mm-hmm. to imagine like winning a race in that same way i vi- i was visualizing going to the pub ordering a diet coke having a good time saying no thank you to someone and then leaving to get in my head that it was okay and after sort of the first six months took a while mm. i i'm pretty cool with it now and when people ask me if i don't drink i go oh if people ask me what i want to drink i'll just say oh diet coke or whatever um and they'll say oh you're not drinking i'm like no i don't drink they say why and i go i was a mess when i was drinking now i'm not shuts people up (laughs) yeah where can you go do you get the like when you ask for your drink like a lemonade or sometimes a glass of water you sure you don't want something else do you want like a mocktail like they feel like you're (laughs) massively missing out because you're not having the cocktail or the fancy glass i'm like no the water's fine can i ask you girls that, that don't drink then um what are your thoughts? Because some people, there's a, I don't know if you're against this or, or for it, about sort of pretending that you are drinking when you're not drinking to stop any of that judgment happening. You know, what are you drinking? It's actually a sparkling water with a bit of lime in it. But oh, it's a, it's a vodka and vodka and tonic. Um, and sometimes but there are certain pubs now that are really sort of starting to pop up um, where the, the, the barmen, the bartenders or bar ladies um, are clued up to that. And you can kind of almost whisper to them, you know, if anyone's getting around in, can you just make sure that mine's just a soft drink? What do you think of that? Because I think that's dreadful that you have to mm. just fib your way through a night. No, I think there's time so I was just uh, for me I have to take clients out quite Mm. a lot and for me a lot of my clients really enjoy drinking and they want to go out and they want to have a few drinks or we'll go out for you know Christmas has just happened we go out and then they want to carry on drinking and carry on drinking and that to me is really hard and I have to almost fake drinking so I'll order a drink or I have a drink and I might have a couple of sips you know because like you know I'm not like totally a hundred percent not drinking but i will yeah yeah, but i'm much more like will not have it i tell you what has been a saving grace the seed lip drinks i love that yes yeah yeah what are they what because i I heard i was reading an article about it and it said this yeah so they're um uh basically distilled like alcohol but not alcohol so it's like a botanical mix and it works really well with tonic water so you order it and it tastes a bit like a gin and tonic but not uh and it's not alcoholic but you're ordering something other than an orange juice and for me that's really changed stuff now because i could be out with mates and go i'm gonna have a seed lip and then there's tonic and it sounds like a gin and tonic yeah and they they seem to not that doesn't go through the same sober filter. Yeah, isn't it, yeah, but isn't it awful that you have to you have to even go through that shot? Natalie's sitting there going, "Yeah, just drink a drink." But, <laughs> but I, no, no, so I think there are a couple of things. Drinking in the UK is a is a ritual in in a different way to it's a ritual if you're in Italy and lots of other places. And so the, the bit that you're talking about, the confusion people face is, well, how do we bond? if you're not drinking. That's right. It's a British about, people problem. Ex- exactly. So it's less about the drink. It's the, the social. Well, how, yeah, how are we going to have a deeper meaningful and how are we going to laugh? And, if, and move if, along at the same pace yeah. because you say you start sober and then you start getting exactly. a bit giddy and then you end up literally arms around each other. I'm yeah. generalising, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. And Falling into a cab with a kebab. Is it more, is more so what people then go, oh, and they don't know how to behave or respond, I think more so than drinking. Because actually if i said to any of my friends i i wasn't drinking they'd be like hmm, fair yeah. enough the say when we go out you usually have a water yeah fair fair enough so and it's because i don't need to bond with you and be in a sloshy sloshy messy way but for other people where actually what they're trying to do is have that connection they then don't they don't know what to do in that scenario yeah and i think that's changing more and more as more people actually 
are stopping drinking or at least doing like extended periods of sobriety like i've sorry i found that since i've stopped and it was only what just over two years ago things are different now more people are sober there's more seed lip around there's different alcohol free alternatives and with your mates that want to get sloshed with you the first couple of times is weird but over time you realize that you can still connect without the alcohol you just have to be a bit better at like letting go your like british stuff uh, stiff (laughs) upper lip Mm -hmm. because we have this stiff upper lip right it takes us ages to relax and to be super friendly like to hug people i don't know i'm quite huggy just but to talk. Yeah. just to talk just to yeah. chat over time you, don't know. <laughs> you get over that i think as a sober person you have to otherwise you're never going to connect with anyone ever again that's a big thing for me i used alcohol for all sorts of you know confidence to unwind definitely for a date god but then you fancy anyone right if you've had one, <laughs> <a bottle of laughs> wine. i tell you what go on a date sober a first date sober and you know pretty quickly if you like yeah. them or not whereas yeah. i used to find go on a first date share a bottle of wine oh everyone looks good after half a bottle of wine like you've got loads of chemistry right (laughs) so true so true um laurie thank you so much for coming in um we've got you've got some great um, tips as well that you put in here i mean i I wish i had more time to go through them but i'm hoping people will fly over to your blog um but some of your tips four actions that help you stay alcohol free uh you've got get quiet and meditate uh go for a walk reach out to a sober friend uh and read books about sobriety so those are some those are some key points from you there um so how can i mean i know emma's a huge fan as well so how how can people find out more about uh, girl and tonic yeah so thank you guys for so much for having me and talking about sobriety on saturday night um <laughs> i so, need moral support thanks it's for coming in january i think a lot of listeners will be enjoying this <laughs> yeah so my blog is girlandtonic.co.uk it's pretty easy to find just replace gin with girl and then my blog uh, my instagram is laurie v McAllister, but you're probably better off finding it through the blog because my name is difficult to uh spell it's the first thing that came up actually oh, oh, great. when i started looking for you so. Okay, well, so that's it's good all news. done. Laurie, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your January. Thank you very much. Whatever Thanks for having do. me. Thanks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. On to uh, a topic which um, which I know for all three of us, and, and, and Harry, I'm, I'm sure as well, I, I speak for her, that uh, says we're pretty appalled by uh, by this news story. Uh, it's certainly an interesting one. I'm delighted to welcome uh, onto the show Beverly Turner. Um, now, Beverly um, has recently left a speech radio station, um, and in a series of tweets, she has um, exposed or, or stated, shall I say, that this has left just one female presenter on the station now we're often hearing aren't we in television we've, we've often heard this about um, old, older ladies presenting TV or being favoured over mm. over younger presenters it's kind of something that's been ongoing for, for a long time in the media and now we seem to be turning the spotlight to radio here on this one um, and Beverly has I don't know if it's brave is it just because this is what Beverly is all about um, she's decided to to be honest and open and hasn't sort of slid out the back door quietly mm-hmm. citing I've got new projects in the pipeline trotting out the old cliche let's very honest and said actually I haven't I've, I've gone I've been I've you know given the heave ho uh, let's have her explain the whole situation though herself Beverly welcome to talk radio good evening ladies I'm actually sitting here thinking is it past bra o'clock definitely take it off Beverly Beverly are you wearing a bra because if you're not get it off now come on well I am I am but this is the problem I have realised it is after bra o'clock but I'm at my sister's house with her husband here and I'm not sure it would be appropriate (laughs) I have been known to do so before now but um, my head is slightly spinning with all that Um, no I mean thank you ladies for asking me to come on tonight because I know this is something obviously that, that is important to you guys as well about female representation in the media very Um, And just, I think just to be clear, we're um, no longer working at at that radio station. That wasn't any sort of statement based on the fact that there aren't many women there. Obviously, I would like to see there be more women there. And obviously not being there reduces the number of women. And in in drawing attention to that gender discrepancy, I think all I wanted to do was state a fact. It wasn't a reason. It's not something that I'm kind of exposing because it's there. It's on the website. Mm. And actually, there are many radio stations that are speech-based which underrepresent women mm-hmm. as presenters actually and I think that's such a shame and I think it's a shame because it lets down the listeners to be completely honest if you are working at a speech radio station as you all know we are having a conversation with the listeners how can we represent and hold a mirror up to the listeners and let them know that we walk in their shoes if so few of us are women because I think it's a bit of a, a misconception that women don't listen to speech radio. All my female friends listen to talk radio in various guises, and specifically to talk radio, but also to other speech radio. And I think that sometimes the blokes who are running some of these stations are a little bit stuck in the dark ages in that they look at themselves, they are default man, as Grace mm-hmm. and Perry kind of describes the white middle-aged middle-class man, and they see the world in their image and so they hire people in their image mm-hmm. and I think that tackling subjects as a woman in some instances particularly as a mum I think that I, the likes of me bring a different perspective on various issues whether that is education whether it is the NHS whether it is crime whether it's technology obesity 
Women's voices are very important in those debates because we are often holding the fort at home. We are the ones dealing with the kids and deciding what goes in the shopping trolley or in their mouths or on their screen. All these big issues that affect us, actually, on a day-to-day basis, more so than necessarily Brexit, let's say, or international politics, the stuff that we deal with day in, day out, hour in, hour out, women are actually at the coalface with a lot of these these stories that we want to talk about. So to have so few women represented in talk media, in whatever guise that is, I think is, is a shame and I just think it's a mistake. And I don't think it's necessarily about deliberate prejudice. I think a lot of it is about subconscious bias often and not really so, recognising Be- that women is, need is to be it, Is it subconscious or going back to the point that you just made, actually... The people that are running the the newsrooms and making the hires yeah. are thinking ultimately about them about themselves. But also, I just want to pick up on a point mm. that you made. It's not just about women talking and um, that that broader representation. It's women talking to women. So when we pitched mm. this show, we uh, shared some stats, and at the time, it was only four percent of radio output was women talking to women. There's more output where it's women talking to men. There is a lot more output. I think it was 38% of all of radio output at the time was men talking to men. And so actually a group of women having a conversation about things that are important to them and also therefore the listeners, given that we are 51% of the population, mm. is important because it's, you're just going to get a different type of conversation than if you split it and you have another man in the studio, not to say that their voices aren't important too, but that is equally as important. But Beverly, just going back to your point, you were saying, um, uh, your point earlier, you were saying that people don't think that women listens to talk radio. And I wonder if mm. we're in this cyclier cycle that we are with mm. also with women's sport, where the pushback is always with sport, probably with radio, is women you have... Watch. All, you're showing all the men all the time and then you wonder why you don't have any female listeners. But then there's always the challenge. If you are a speech station that has 19 male um, presenters mm. and one female and then you look at your stats and you're like, wow, you know, 90% of our <laughs> listeners are male. Really? <laughs> you know, and then you get stuck in that thing where you're like, well, we don't want to lose listeners, but we actually we don't want to invest the time to have the female led shows mm. and the female broadcasters to build that female audience because, you know, we want results. And that's the pushback you get in the sports arena as well. They're like, we don't get clicks for women's sport, but you've got to start putting the stuff out there to build the audience. I think I think there's some validity with the parallel. Um but I would say that when it comes to women's sports, we are often told this is about sponsorship and it's about money and it's about the fact that women won't pay to watch sport, etc. If you're talking about commercial broadcasting organisations, women tend to be the purchasers. Women often possess the buying power within houses. We know that. We know that. And that is why so much advertising is focused at women, actually. That's why so much of what we watch on, you know, on the TV, the adverts, the, the advertisers have often got the, the women in mind who might be buying purchases for the house. They know that sometimes we're a soft touch when it comes to material possessions, actually in a way that blokes sometimes aren't. So I think when it comes to commercial media, it just doesn't seem to make any sort of financial sense to not talk to your women as well, because as I say, we are the people who are, are going to buy things that, that are advertised on, on stations. So I don't I don't quite know what the logic is behind that, because as you say, the statistics actually don't necessarily 
um, hold that up either. I tell you what I do think is interesting in relation to speech radio. And I think one of the reasons it hasn't always necessarily appealed to women, either to present on it or to listen to it, is because we are not brought up to be combative. It's not necessarily in our female nature to look for a fight. And so much of speech radio is about a binary argument and it's it's um you know do you think this yes or no blah 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 hit the phones and the blokes are very good at that the blokes are very good at winding up the listeners i like that i have to say i i kind of like the challenge of that i was brought up to stand up for myself i don't mind a bit of a ruckus and i think women can do it often with a great deal of um consideration for who we're talking to i think we're able what my listeners would often feed back to me is we like your show best because you listen and what often happens in speech radio is the blokes love the sound of their own voice and they talk over each other and it makes it can make for great radio but it doesn't mean that women can't necessarily do it but it means that the women who do do it need to be retained, they need to be looked after, they need to be promoted, and they need to be encouraged from the start to get involved in that medium. And then I think with, in terms of callers that, that you guys get on talk radio and the other local radio stations and phoning stations get, you know, women, again, won't necessarily ring up for a row. They will ring up for a conversation. And if you're handling something like Brexit... I mean, seriously, there is a whole generation of men that I do not know what they talked about before Brexit. I do not know what... I, I genuinely don't <laughs> yeah, I know, know what they talked about. <laughs> I don't know what they talked about. And they will hit the phones and they will want to ring into whatever media outlet it is and they will be writing letters and they want to be heard and they want people to hear their voices. And often women want to ring up to go, well, I think this, Beth, but what do you think? And maybe it's this and maybe it's that. We have a different style of communication, which doesn't necessarily, I think, lend itself to the fighting media that we're getting used to hearing in this country. But I don't think that's necessarily what um, men or women want to continuously listen to. Mm. Because if you look at actually some of the most successful radio stations throughout the years, forgive me, ladies, but the original Woman's Hour, Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that you will have such longevity and, you know, <laughs> as they have had. Like one of the, the most, arguably the most successful radio show of all time yes. is Radio 4's Woman's Hour. Now, so don't tell me that women don't listen to women on the radio because that has stood the test of time and that is its raison d'etre. I know lots of blokes, blokes who listen to Woman's Hour on Radio 4, by the way. Um, and I'd like to think that there will be lots of men who also listen to your radio show. So I think that it, it is wrong to presume that that we can be neglected either on air or as listeners because we are here we are keen we want to think we want to talk we want to buy stuff and that's where i think the media outlets get it wrong if they're not representing women in the right way so it make any sense it doesn't make financial sense no, it, it doesn't at all but i also think going back to your point around um uh, women's hour and there's no need to apologize at all it is an amazing oh, show yeah, incredible um it, it, it's, it, it's, it's completely an institution that has done things in a way that suits that medium. And I, I buy your point that um, speech radio is about the battle. It is about a binary position, but it doesn't have to be. And mm. actually, we don't always, we don't do that. I, I don't like fighting with people on a Saturday night. It's a Saturday night. Mm. <laughs> actually, I want to have a good conversation. I want to know what makes someone tick. I want to understand yeah why someone has decided to quit their job and move to a camp in Syria and help 3,000 women overcome their hurdles and their challenges and why they're challenging everyone 
to think about doing mm. something as as committed and and devoted through a book that's that's what's interesting to me and so I think part of what we need to do as female broadcasters is challenge what the norm is because we know yeah. that we have the financial buying power we know mm. that um, money can uh, you know go behind our shows because mm. you know that you know we have the purchasing power but mm. maybe if we push to do things differently and actually it's not about competition it is just about saying look if you, if you don't get it now you'll have to get it at some point because things are changing and also we know what people want and mm. it's really good to hear you Beverly as another broadcaster mm. saying that you know you don't always want to hear that challenging black and white conversation because the three of us have said that so many times mm. you know and you've only got to look at I think I think speech radio. I mean, I'm just a massive radio geek anyway. I just couldn't live without radio. And I think speech radio does sometimes fly when, when people feel strongly about their position. If you are the presenter and you have a caller or you have two people in the studio, when you feel strongly and those passions are on, that's when you stop in the kitchen. What you're doing, you turn the volume up. So there, there, there is some merit to say that we need some of that. Yeah. But I don't think we need 24/7 of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we really don't. And I think that. Um, where, where women often do well, I think, in broadcasting, as I said, it's about the listening. And sometimes it's a, what we, t I mean, we are, we're dealing in stereotypes, let's face it, in this conversation. But what we often are interested in is the person. We're interested in the human element of any particular story. So, you know, if I was ever talking to a caller about something and they, they had a very strong position on whether it was capital punishment or um, immigration or whatever it is, and then you say to them, if you don't mind me asking, what's your story? Mm -hmm. Why do you mm -hmm. feel like this? That yeah. is when, for me, you get the gold. Because mm -hmm. suddenly they drop their fighty guard mm. and they will say, well, you know, my, uh, you know, uh, we've got immigrants who moved in next door and it's made my life difficult. Or whatever it is, whatever they're, even if it's a prejudice, you, if you can just scratch the surface of that motivation and you, the mask drops and that is where radio is is beautiful and that is when it sings is when you get to hear the human stories exactly like you were saying about women working in syria it's about finding out the heart of the person's story because all we do really on radio is tell stories and there is no more beautiful thing than a great conversation and hearing a story it's the, it's for me that's the joy of life is communication like that and so if you can do that well and i think women do do that really well well we uh, and we have a plethora of women here obviously at Tory. we've got julia hartley smith on breakfast uh, in the weekday on a breakfast show yeah on a breakfast julia hartley on the breakfast show is and that you mustn't underestimate the significance of that because we right. don't speech radio the breakfast show mm -hmm. within whatever channel it is across the country in fact across the world the breakfast show being the blue ribbon event effectively mm. if we're making comparison with sport that's the men's 100 meters that's yeah. the usain bolt event yeah it is yeah. And, that, and actually it's incredibly brave of talk radio to put a woman in that position because that's almost unprecedented mm -hmm. in speech radio that really is that is really quite an amazing step you know, I'm trying to think whether any particular talk radio shows that have had women presenting Drive Time, which is maybe the second most prestigious show that you could do on radio. And yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Penny yeah. Smith has, yeah, well, has done. Yeah, Drive Penny Time. Smith does Drive. So does Syra Khan, yeah. um, Daisy McAndrew. We've got in doing Mid Mornings tomorrow as well. Obviously, Yasmina badass women as well. Plenty of yeah. women. Mm. Uh, there can always be more, though. There right. can always, always be more. Be more.
Um, and they should. And, yeah. and you know, and, and, I, and I don't think that women should be on radio necessarily just because they are a woman. Exactly. I remember having a conversation with one of my former bosses about something, a, a, a position that I wanted. And I said, but, you know, you, and, I, and he said, but you shouldn't get it because you're a woman. I was like, no, it's because I'm good enough. Yeah. That's why I should have it. I'm just as good as him. I'm not sitting here saying give it me because I'm a woman. I'm saying give it me because I'm just as good. Yeah. And if you don't think so, tell me why. Um, and I can take that too. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that we are good communicators. So we should really have those positions in order to make, you know, make those skills, put those skills to good use. Absolutely. Why not? It's, why not? And, it, and it should be. And, and you know, what what is next then, Beverly? I mean, your your series of tweets were, were really fantastic, really honest, really open, um, full of emotion, but full of clarity and fact. And, and you can mm. absolutely see, just to clarify, there was no mudsling in there at all. It was just putting mm. it out there. There it is. There's my position. And it was, can I say, as well as a broadcaster, it was so refreshing mm. to hear that, you you know, you, you just kind of completely, you, you. you completely knocked it out the park with none of the flannel, oh, none of the you. waffle, none of the classic, in inverted commas, all pipeline. I've got lots of things in the pipeline. <laughs> because, you know no, what? No, I'm not. <laughs> but this is... <laughs> but, I think that's what you learn, though. I, over the years, you what do. I've learned as a presenter on telly and on radio, yeah. just be honest. Just be honest. Because <laughs> listeners are not stupid. No, yeah. And they know if we're... Can we swear at this time of the night? I won't. No. Uh, they know if we're dealing in BS, they know it. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, and so if you've got nothing to hide and yes. nothing to fear, you can be honest. And I just said, look, I, I'm not going to tell you I've got exciting projects on the that's horizon. The one, I don't. Yeah. I have a blank sheet of paper. I have a, a the start of the new year, and I'm both terrified and really excited about it in the same breath. And um, I'm currently on jury service at the moment. Oh wow! So kind of that was timely. Busy. That was very and timely. Also, I would normally be on the radio, ladies, now. So if I was still doing what I was doing, I wouldn't be, be here to talk talking to, us. to you. So frankly, everything works out. Still wearing my bra. Oh. <laughs> well, get that off now. I mean, their loss is, is certainly our gain. And, and I'd say it's, it's absolutely wonderful because, as you say, we're, we're all peers in the same industry and it's so nice yeah. to just hear someone be honest, as I, I would like to think I would be too. I'm, I'm yeah. sure the girls that, you know mm. what, none of all the old guff and flannel, you know, this, is, this is it. This is the industry. It's a cutthroat industry at times. You know, yeah. it makes and breaks you every flipping week. Uh, mm. But somehow we pick ourselves back up and, and the thrill and, and the passion for what we do for our living uh, takes mm. us through. And, and Beverly, I can't wait to see where you turn up next. I really can't. Thank you. Uh, Thank well, you. well join... caught on Monday morning. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's on jury service, Pete. Just, uh, just to make it clear. Yeah, exactly. Well, get that bra off, Mrs., and enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. And thanks for joining us tonight on Talk Radio. The fabulous Beverly there, Beverly Turner. Oh, isn't she a legend? Yeah, it's great, great to chat to her, yeah. and great just to have a perspective from another broadcaster. It really is, actually. It you really know. is. Say so we should have popped her in here. Is it's it's refreshing mm. because I think particularly within this industry as women, I do feel there is that extra layer of sometimes having to carry that armor a little bit more because we are the underdogs often. Um, and hearing her perspective from that, I mean, she's just gone up in my estimation but even the, more. There were two things that struck me as she was talking. The first one is that we keep saying that men's bias is unconscious and it's not unconscious it's not unconscious we need to we need to get over this it's not unconscious they know what they're doing they don't think that we sell so the first thing we need to do is challenge that um and i, I think 
uh, aligned to that. It's this thing around competition. So it, it actually hurt my heart when she said, forgive me. And she mentioned um, women's hour. Women's hour. I know. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. that this isn't... isn't a pie. No. It's not, yeah. the, it's not like, <laughs> oh my goodness. We, we can't. It's, it's just... more the merrier. Exactly. And, they, and, and as you say, an what an incredible yeah. institution. We're totally obviously yeah. inspired by yeah. that show. It completely mm. is inspiration. We, we've said it on stage with them in, in, in the room. This is, you know, this is, if anything, a love song to brilliant women talking about amazing, amazing things. So, what, yeah. What do you think about her point, though, where she said, I don't think I should be there just because I'm a woman. I should be there on merit. Because I really struggle with that because there's a bit of me going, well, you know, if it's skewed and there's only 4% of women on the radio, we need to put them there. Yes, you need to be a broadcaster, but ultimately you do need to be there because you are a woman because we need some diversity in voices and perspective yeah. it wants to pull in fem- a larger female audience or, or just change yeah. the conversation yeah. so. i think it's that chicken and egg both. thing isn't it i mean it's absolutely for example beverly's there on absolute merit i hope we're all here tonight on absolute merit as well um but it, but there is an absolute argument of saying but women get the the best women which I believe we are certainly tonight for this show, <laughs> uh, you know, and and that's the, and that's it. And, and as you say, it is a fine line between you know just because you're a woman. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. To see where again, got. We didn't pitch a, a a blanket Saturday night show. We pitched a show for women. Yeah. So we have to be women in order to do this show and so that's and it wouldn't work otherwise it wouldn't work otherwise exactly so it's not a tokenistic oh well you know we're gonna let them on because they're women yeah yeah it's a brilliant show because it's three women talking about things that matter to us which matter therefore to 51 percent of the population yeah and it is literally that spotlight it's celebrated yeah and it's well it's fabulous one two three four this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 